Before the bloodbath begins, slither your way over to the host's socials. For the podcast, slash over to Twitter at the BHO underscore podcast. Instagram, the Baron's Hideout Podcast. Then stab over to Dean's Instagram at Dean of the Dead Hot Sauce. Listen to the show on your favorite apps and Patreon. Enjoy the sleigh and try to stay alive. For the next period of time, strap in as the hosts rip and tear at the unsuspecting guests, and which to learn their dark secrets and methods of the genre. In this bloodbath, no one gets out alive. This is within the barrens. Joining us today is the deadly duo, Chrissy Fox and Spider One of One Fox Production. They transitioned from music to film, and oh boy, what a movie we have to dig up today. Oh yeah. So how are you both doing? Great. Yeah, we're great. We're just relieved that this thing is actually out and exists in the world, and mm-hmm. uh, we can... And we're talking about it a lot, but at least we don't have to think about it anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. And the film is really, really good. Um, we were able to snag uh, a screener of it because I'm over here in the United States. I'm over here in Massachusetts. Um, so um, it's playing at Salem Horror Fest. And uh, we were able to get a screener for it and get the review out, which Ian and I love it. Um, it was a midnight screening for it, which was absolutely awesome. You guys have that over here. And I know it's playing in a lot of other festivals too. So it's great. Really, really great for both of you. Awesome job. Seriously. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, where in Massachusetts are you? That's my home state. You know that, right? Yep. Yep. I'm in Taunton. <laughs> so, so short. Oh, oh, dude. You never go to Taunton. No, no, no. I, it sucks <laughs> I'm, I'm, over here, man. You're, uh, there's no accent, though. Where, what's going on there? You're work, working hard at... Uh, it comes out every now and then. It does. It definitely does. I try not to. <laughs> is that, I noticed that you say a boot quite a lot, but is that a Canadian? Is it, is that's that a Canadian. Canadian. I'm Canadian. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you, that's Dustin, you say it quite a lot as well. You, do I? Again, I don't, you honestly, I don't, I don't even that. realize it. It's possible that I do. The New England accent is you, you just never pronounce the letter R. Yeah. Right? R is ka. Yeah, yard, yad, you know. It's but the a, but the weird one is hus. Well, my parents have a real like. I'm from North uh, uh, Haverhill, which is yeah, a north. Yeah. That's some crazy shit. Some, yeah. My parents instead of saying horse, they say like hus. It <laughs> <laughs> took me so long to figure out what she was saying. I was like, uh, potato I, is like potato. <laughs> yeah, that's it's crazy over here in, in Massachusetts. Like every single like. City and town has like their own dialect. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. Um, but let's get to talking about your careers. Um, what I always like to do when we have you know guests on here, uh, we everybody knows that you're both musicians. Um, but I like to know where everything kind of started with you. We can talk about the music side if you want, or we can dive into the film aspect or both. 
Um, so, uh, Chrissy, we can start with you, and you can pick whatever you want to talk about. Where, but where did you know your love for everything kind of kind of begin? Yeah, I mean, I've been an actor since I was a kid, so I started doing that very young. Um, so it started there. I would always write um, as well, and I was, you know. I was like an English nerd in school and stuff like that. So, so I was really into music. I would write a lot of lyrics and, and I would, I started, you know, dabbling in screenplays when I was younger and, you know, it's kind of how I learned. Um, and then I wrote, uh, this song with this band called theory of a dead man called bad girlfriend. And it became this huge hit and it kind of changed the trajectory, the trajectory for me for like a minute. And I became a songwriter and kind of halted on the acting thing for a minute. And I was working with that. I've worked with them on every record since. And uh, I work with bands like Hailstorm and, and then I started my own band and we, we toured and we toured with Power Man and Marilyn Manson. And so that, and then I, you know, I really started missing film and, you know, we would be making music videos and things like that. And um, when the pandemic first hit and we didn't know what was going to happen, I was like, you know, we're, we both were like, let's just make, make stuff, you know? And so I made my first short film and so did spider. And, uh, and then it kind of grew from there and I got deeply back into acting and, and producing and editing. I do all the post on the films and directing. I directed two features as well. And yeah, it's just kind of spiraled from there. We haven't really stopped since that started. No, no it's been wow. crazy. Yeah. Awesome. So cool. I've just been getting into Knee High Fox. You guys kick ass, man. Really cool. Thank you. Yeah, we have we have so much fun. It was it was a really necessary thing for me because when I was songwriting, you kind of have to fit in the box depending on what the band is that you're working with. And and you know, I would push it as much as I could, but I really needed an outlet to just be able to make music any anything I want, say anything I want, do anything I want. And that's sort of where Nehi Fox came from. And, you know, it it became this great vehicle. I got to tour all over the place and and I love it. You know, I'm I wouldn't be surprised if I do it again at some point. But um yeah, right now just the film stuff is sort of taking over our lives. So Oh yeah. Yeah. Well I mean, it's back and forth, film and music all the time for me. It's like make a film, go on tour. Make an album, go on tour. <laughs> Or make a film, that's, go on tour. And, that's such yeah, a I mean, creative life, though. It's amazing. I mean, it's a, it's you know, I mean, it's it's a it's a it's an interesting life. It's kind of what why I made Allegoria, the first movie, was sort of that so good so. on uh, survival and a creative lifestyle and how it can really fuck with your head and you know and in, in in your insecurities and your ego and your you know. Uh, what's it called? Uh, imposter syndrome or whatever. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. trying to navigate living a life like that, and you know, so that's why that movie was so really, you know, a deep connection to that stuff. But yeah, for me, I mean, it was just like growing up in Haverhill. You know, it's like we said, it's a small town in Massachusetts where, you know, the majority of people are born and die there. You know, live and get a job at the factory and do your, and that's it. And um, I just, um, from a very young age, just desperately wanted something else. And my window to the world was was movies, TV, comic books, music. And it was just showed me that there was something else out there. Um, there were exciting things happening in the world that weren't necessarily outside of my front door. So it, it really made me passionate about all that kind of stuff. And um, but 
you know, like most people that grow up in a small town, you don't have examples of success. So you you really don't believe that it could ever be you, you, you know, you know, always in like match, you know, people making music or in the movies were like different creatures. You know, they were magical people yeah. from another planet, not me, you know. So I think that's why I always feel like I was always a bit of a late bloomer because I never really believed that I could do do it. Um, but then fortunately, you have moments in your life that things come around that convince you otherwise. You know, in music for me, it was discovering punk rock, you know, because it was these bands that were like, whoa, this isn't the Beatles and Elton John and Led Zeppelin and this stuff that just seemed like way out of reach. This was like some real simple, aggressive stuff that seemed like it was being made by people like me, you know, just knuckleheads who, you know, had no, <laughs> no other chance in life. And so, you know, that was um, a real big thing to put me on a, on a creative path of believing in myself and, uh, you know, and, and, and the same thing with film, you know, that seemed like something just for other people until you finally convince yourself. It's like, no, I think, you know, this is where I belong to, you know, I have the ability to do this. So it's just uh, about putting in the work and just believing in yourself half the time. Yeah. yeah. What kind of, what kind of punk bands you listen to growing up, Spider? Interesting. I mean, I, uh, I, you know, all the old classic stuff, Sex Pistols, Ramones, Clash, the Clash were like, my band you know the clash to be or the epitome of they're why i wanted to have a band because even though power man is not punk rock and it doesn't sound like any of those bands but just you know me seeing the clash joe strummer and and, and mick and paul and all those guys and combat boots and just they, they just had such a swagger and style about them to me that was like oh my god like they seem like a gang, you know, I want to, I want to have my own gang of people. So really those were the bands that started me on that journey. But then that led to, uh, you know, the more hardcore underground stuff like the dead Kennedys and black flag and minor threat. And, and then there was a great vibrant local scene in Boston of hardcore bands like SSD control and, you know, the proletariat gangrene and all in. And, and that's when I was like, wow, like I, I would find these local bands and see these small shows and, you know, at 14, 15 years old. And I was just like, man, I got to be a part of this somehow. And, uh, and to this day, you know, it's just, I still discover great punk bands, most from, most from Europe, you know, America seems to be lacking in that, in that yeah, scene. But, yeah. Actually, I played a gig once uh, many years ago with Mick Jones from The Clash. Yeah. We we actually played at the Hammersmith Working Men's Club, and he put on a gig there. We was just a really small band, <laughs> but we somehow ended up on the bill, and uh, he was stood at the side of the stage and watched the whole gig. Oh, wow. Um, and I was so fucking in awe because he's Mick Jones, and I kind of went over to meet him afterwards, and he was, he was like Mr. Burns out of The Simpsons. He was <laughs> yeah. so frail and i shook his hand and i was like oh i don't want to hurt him because <laughs> he's so <laughs> he was so kind of frail but he was he was a real gentleman he was really cool oh that's and amazing we, and we did like uh we spent a week with youth from killing joke we kind of did recorded an album with youth out in uh, spain so yeah man I'm, I'm really into i come from all that kind of punk scene I yeah i mean and i find great uh you know uh slaves from from england i think they just changed their name to like oh yeah they're really cool yeah yeah they're good. So cool and uh hmm. Uh, the Mysterines and the Blinders and all these bands, I find these smaller European bands are so good. So there's good. a good band coming up called Bob, called Bob Villain. I don't know if you've heard of those guys. No. Listen, listen out for those. They're 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 on the way up. Um, Bob Villain. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, they're doing really good. 
Um, Sorry, ask her a question. I'll be right back. Our, okay. our three-year-old is screaming for something. Well, I guess with Chris, we can kind of go on with a little bit more with the uh, with the music. What what bands really inspired you at a young age? Yeah, I, I actually, um, when I was really young, I, I also am from a super small town on Vancouver Island in Canada. And so, you know, it was sort of a similar, I actually think Spider had more access because of Boston, where I was literally on an island and so removed from the mainland. And yeah. and so I was walking home one day after school and I found this booklet of CDs on the road. And awesome. I, I ended up, I went home and started listening and I discovered, you know, like Body Count and Marilyn Manson and all these Nine Inch Nails. And I was like, young, young. And I was like, <laughs> wow, because my parents did not listen to that music. So I... <laughs> been exposed to it and i was like what the fuck is this and so i spent hours just going and listening so whoever whoever dropped that cd booklet really you know helped form my my mind and my music but i also really loved you know bands like um like aerosmith and actually it's funny you're talking about your story um my band played the viper room and one of our very first residencies in los angeles and the guy, Casey Tebow, who directed our first music video, he works all the time with Aerosmith and Steven Tyler. Um, and so I'd met him a couple of times and, uh, and he, Steven Tyler came to our show and oh, watched us wow. play. And I was like, terrified. I was like, he's like one of the best singers in the world. Also and from Boston. Yeah. Yeah. Also That's from right. Boston. Yeah. I, I actually said that to him and he's like, where did you think I was from the moon? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's actually yeah. Yeah, definitely. Wow. Stephen Tyler is definitely from the moon, man. It's yeah, also, I, mean, I think all those, I think all those bands that, you know, it was, it was kind of insane for me because it kind of came full circle and our band ended up opening up for Marilyn Manson for two tours. Um, and that was like, wow, like going back to being like a little kid in elementary school to like doing something like that. And, and then becoming part of this rock scene that I, like grew up in like literally formed everything I liked and what, you know, everything that you just even creatively, you know, some of these bands and their music videos and all that stuff. So it, it was, it was just a really crazy full circle thing for me that I still kind of sometimes can't believe I'm a part of, you know. And now you're part of a whole other group of filmmakers, you know, doing horror <laughs> films. So it's like you go from one camp to another and now you're mixing both of them together. It's, it's so awesome to see. And, and Allegoria was, such a hit film. Like when I went on to Shudder, I was like, this movie is nuts. Dean saw it. He's like, dude, this movie is nuts. Yeah. And then when we were hearing that you were doing another film that was going to be completely different, a lot darker, I was like, I need, I need, I need this in my eyeballs now. <laughs> <laughs> and you, this movie is, it's balls to the wall, man. And I love it. It's a great it. movie. I it's really it. cool. It ticks oh, so many boxes. It's a really, really good movie. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's, it's really funny, um, too. Um, I don't know if this is a spoiler. I'm going to try not to do any spoilers here. But that, at the end of the day, it's both of your films. So um, when I was going into this, I really thought this was going to be a cannibal film. Like it was going to be people eating each other because of the yeah. way that was setting up. And then you get that twist. And I was like, <clears throat> what? I'm like, there's no way. Because I even told Dean, I'm like, this is, this is going to be a cannibalistic film. And Dean kind of had the same, you know, reaction as well. And then it turns out to be something completely yeah. different. Yeah. I love yeah, that no, twist. Uh, we, thanks. Yeah, we're really pleasantly surprised at how effective the, the twist, the reveal has been. Uh, when we wrote it, we didn't really know if, you know, because we had dropped a couple of 
breadcrumbs along the way in the script. Mm -hmm. And we're like, oh man, are we is this is being telegraphed? And apparently not, because everybody's we 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 uh we were in the audience at Panic Fest and there was an audible like gasp with the reveal. So we're like, oh okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I mean I think that was the whole <clears throat> the whole idea was to set up you know set the audience on a journey where they're kind of going yeah i've seen this before mm -hmm. hopefully yeah but it's, it's good but i i know what what's going to happen or what what's you know what kind of scenario we're in and then all of a sudden it becomes an entirely different movie so um yeah it's, it was a, it was nice that, that seems to have worked yeah it just has a total 180 doesn't it or actually i because mean, dustin i remember you said telling me about it and when it got to that point i was like oh Okay. <laughs> I mean, last time, last time I saw a film that kind of made me like, like that was from Dust Till Dawn. You know, way back when, you yeah, know, when it yeah. halfway through, and you're like, "Fuck! Wow! All of a sudden, it's this." Yeah. And it's you know, and it kind of goes on a completely different journey. Yeah, you're right. And Dust Till Dawn is a similar idea where it's, it kind of refreshes, and then now you're in a. It's almost like you're getting two movies. Yeah. In one. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So you guys keep a lot of the production tasks like in house, uh, and there's so many strings to each of your bows. You know, writing, directing, music, and then this led uh, you to form One Fox Productions. Uh, so how did the production company come around? How did it come about? Um, I mean, initially it was for making our music videos, and you know, we just when we got together, it actually goes back even further. Spider and I met randomly at the hollywood forever cemetery and okay. i had just done that film underworld evolution i acted in that film and uh and he was like that's crazy he's like i wrote this 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 script i'm trying to pitch like a concept of this tv show he's like will you act in it because like there's a role for a vampire and i was like yeah that sounds awesome and and he ended up getting the show made on mtv um and so we started there and then, you know, we spent a lot of years, we kind of drifted apart. I moved back to Canada. I, I hadn't spoken to him. And then we reconnected and we ended up dating and it, that sort of became the center of our relationship was like creating things together. And mm. we started making music videos, whether I was shooting it or Spider was directing something for my band or whatever. And we're just like, let's, so we kind of formed our names and became One Fox Productions and it sort of started there. And, you know, there was so much on the music end going on for us at that time that, you know, we didn't really have any other time to be making films. Um, and then, you know, 2020 happened and we well, again, were I, Yeah. And again, I think the idea of making feature films seemed like a bigger task than maybe we believed we could do. And we started out trying, you know, mm -hmm. like most people do in L.A. is you try to have meetings with other production people and, and try to, you know have somebody else maybe facilitate it for you. We had scripts, we had ideas, but none of those things ever came through. And it was just like a light bulb moment, just like it has been in music. It is just, you have to keep reminding yourself that no one's going to do this for you. Yeah. And no one, you know, no one's going to make this happen. So we mm -hmm. just got to the point where we're going to have to do this ourselves. Yeah. Man. And, uh, and that's what we started doing with the short films. And then we were like, well, if we can make a 10 minute film, maybe we can make a 90 minute film or whatever. And so we kept, pushing the bar further and further until, yeah, now it's an actual yeah. crazy thing where we seem to be on pace to make a film every year, which is great. Yeah, oh, I mean, hell it, yeah, I need it, that. <laughs> the other element of this, too, is that, you know, a lot of people, in, especially in independent films, the reason some things are not attainable is because, you know, their budget is so small, and then they're like, well, I can't, I can't finish the post, you know, that, and so... 
you know, I taught myself to edit. I taught, I taught myself to do sound design. Obviously, it was already involved in music. And, and so we were, were able to complete all of our films in-house, which has been a huge asset for us because, you know, doing things on smaller budget, we can put all of our budget onto the screen and into, and into the important things. And we can complete the film and have a finished product that we're super proud of and we have full control over, which is not always the case. And, you know, I, I think we're super lucky and, you know, any independent filmmakers out there, teach yourself as many jobs as possible because, yeah, it, it just, you sometimes people get in their own way and they think they can't, but you can. Yeah. I mean, another thing since, you know, it's, it's interesting because we, we started this conversation talking about music and punk rock and, you know, certainly my upbringing in that scene. And that's what this is. I mean, this is, this is punk rock. And it's like, yeah. when you're, when you're a punk rock kid, Mm-hmm. And you're a punk rock band. You figure out how to do everything. Yeah, you don't have a record label. The DIY ethic, isn't it, man? The yeah. do it yourself. You make your own artwork. You make your own <laughs> flyers. You, you super glue your your record labels together. You you know <laughs> you, you make your own clothes because you know you you can't go buy a, a t-shirt of your. You know, I remember as a, in high school, I didn't know I couldn't buy a Minor Threat shirt. So you know what I did? I bought a white t-shirt and a sharpie. <laughs> And I wrote fucking minor thread on it. And I know I had a minor thread t-shirt. And so that's <laughs> the same spirit. It really is what happens with these movies. You know, it's, yeah. we know we're, you know, de- dealing with wardrobe and customizing wardrobe and working as an art department, production design and all that stuff all the way around. And, and yeah, the goal is eventually to expand and get more, you know, but there is something I would almost miss if it got too big, like I like being hands-on with everything. I like getting dirty with the, mm-hmm. you know, with all the production elements of it. And it just, and I think that's what also makes a movie really cool is when it feels like it's coming from, you know, one person or two people. It's not like this movie by committee kind of thing that you get so yeah. often with, with a bunch of movies. It hasn't been in the laboratory for too long with people dissecting the script, you know, forever yeah. and ever, which, you know, like we don't have anybody to give notes to us because it's just us. So we just yeah. make whatever we want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've grown a little bit each time, but, and that's always been our goal, but like, yeah, I think we love having that creative control. It's so exciting. Yeah. Don't give how, it up. How, how many roles, how many roles and tasks you guys actually take on? Cause obviously you wrote it together. Spider, you directed it. Chrissy, you acted in it. Um, did you kind of then get like a DP on board, a location scout, costume department, or did you guys just try and do as much? No, as you I mean can? we have a DP. We have like a we have a guy that we always use, Andy Patch. He's fantastic, and we have we have a crew of people that we love, and that you know. But you no, know, we location scout. We do yeah, we do all the wardrobe, all the production, we do all the posts. Um, God, we, it's easier to say what we don't do than what we do. do. <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> we leave, we leave uh, traditional credits out of the movie because it would just look stupid because it would just be our names through going. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, what we don't do is, yeah, we're not the camera department. We're not, the, you know, we don't DP, we, you know, and we, we hire people to do effects and makeup and sound on yeah. set sound. On Other set than that, yeah. Essentially, everything else is is our in our hands. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 overwhelming. Like down to just yeah, setting up you know ahead of the production, and we're so prepared. Like with 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 the actors and everything else is going, but things like we have all the meals pre ordered, so they just have to go get picked up. We have this and everything scheduled to a moment, like to the minute, so that we can we can make our day. It's already handled. 
you know, I don't, I can't be like stopping in the middle of a scene. It did happen a couple of times, but to be like making a call to like the actor to Airbnb or something, you know what I mean? So everything yeah. has to be like just totally organized and it's a ton of work. I mean, we're working on our new film right now and it's, it's been all day, every single day, nonstop. Wow. Definitely not stopping. I love that. That's so awesome. You guys must have had so much fun as well. So much fun doing it. And you guys shot this movie in a remarkable seven days. Is that right? That's yeah. crazy. Seven, what was some of the, what was so, apart from probably a, lot, a lack of sleep, what were some of the biggest challenges that you came across? Lack of sleep was definitely one of the Just the, uh, the physicality of, of the work, day, like never stopping, you know, yeah. because we were, yeah directing, producing, and acting. So we we just never had, like where some of the other actors had long days, but they had a, you know, go sit in the trailer for an hour and relax. Yeah. And, yeah. I'm like running back and forth across the desert. Like, where's this? Okay, hang on, I'll go do it. Yeah, it was nuts. But, but the, the other things that we didn't really anticipate were just the physical and environmental challenges of shooting. Mm -hmm. You know, we thought this was going to be a simple movie to make because it all took place in essentially one location. Mm. But, uh, the California desert is on an unpredictable place yeah. and the weather was unforgettable. You know, we were, it was incredibly windy the entire shoot so much so that we had to change plans. We had to change location. You know, we were going to shoot this outside. Now we got to move it inside. You know, all these things we had to deal with on a daily basis, you know, um, uh, extremely cold nights. So you actors covered in blood laying on the ground, shivering, you know, uh -huh hypothermia you know being uh, like crawled on by desert aggressive desert spiders oh no thank you no 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 i'm out oh man no see spiders i'm all right with i love spiders especially this spider Ooh, rattlesnakes, rattlesnakes, <laughs> rattlesnakes hell no <laughs> oh. yeah it was a it was a there was a lot it was it was a lot um you know such where we had you know it was when you have a extreme wind conditions you're you're, it's fucking with the camera because there's you know sand blowing everywhere. There's fucking with the audio because the microphones sound like they're in a windstorm. You know, it's, it was a lot. Not to mention, like as actors, like there's moments of the film where we're actually supposed to look good, like we're just getting there. And I, <laughs> the face is so dirty. I was like the color of his shirt, like wiping my face, and I'm supposed to be showing up like in a nice white blouse that was like brown. It was it was so insane. <laughs> I don't do not think we like were prepared at all for that. Oh yeah. Days that's so crazy, yeah. I don't know if the people understand how, like, you know, I don't know if I mean, unless you're a filmmaker, you don't really understand how, like, I, I we you know we have friends or other filmmakers and they just can't put their wrap their heads around it. They think like 20 days is a fast shoot, you know, and it's just like, yeah, it's crazy, like, it's a, it, it's a crazy fast shoot. I don't know if it's ever been done, like, honestly. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that their night shoots made it so much more crazy because yeah you just you really don't sleep and you, you get you lose your mind like so yeah there's moments in the film where i'm watching my performance or someone else's performance um and i'm like oh they, they're really unraveling right now this is actually like this is not even acting and you know it's funny too because you look back it, it all goes so quickly and it's so frantic and so crazy like if i watch the movie and i've had to watch it recently I don't even have a recollection of like half of it. Like, I blacked out the, the whole thing. <laughs> you know, like, like decision making, you know, and why we did something. We did, because it was just, you don't have a minute to 
to think. You just go. It's all instinct. But your adrenaline's going as well the whole time because you're making a movie. You're making, you know, your adrenaline's just pumping and yeah. And it's scary, honestly. Like the location was so scary and it was so dark that like as actors, like we we're always like, oh oh God, and what's that? And then could you sweep for spiders before I lay down? And you're like shaking. There is a, like the ending scene of Scout and I were both just like shaking so hard. Like we, I was like, God, I got to stop moving. I can't, stop, you know, it was crazy. Yeah. We asked a lot of, of our actors. For yeah. Sure. Like burying someone alive, you know, that, yeah. but although I will say, I don't know if we don't want to spoil it. Like the actor that got buried alive, loved it because it was warm in the hole. So that was Oh, good. nice. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dean, I think you actually have a question about the set, right? Oh yeah, well I was yeah. So I was going to ask the creepy little house, man. <laughs> I love the I love the whole isolation. I love the. So, how did you come across the house? Um, at some spider, I'm guessing when you go on tour, you see a lot. Of, you drive through a lot of places. Yeah. You see a lot of random buildings. You know, <laughs> you know how how did you, this particular house? Did you guys just go out driving and was like, there it is, that's the one? And did you yeah, kind of yeah. have a house in the desert in mind, or when you were writing the script, or was it originally kind of? uh set in like a forest kind of cab that kind of bible yeah the original script was cabin in the woods and being in california that's not easy to find you know usually a cabin in the woods is is a pretty populated area here and it just we we went location scouting we just couldn't find it we could not find something that matched the script and also and to elaborate on the forest thing so spider was on tour for a lot of the early um location scouting when it was still forest so i had our daughter by myself and then i had a friend come with me because i was going to the remote forest locations and one we went to i swear to god it was run by this insane cult and i was like oh this is bad news and they're like yeah and it, it was just I, it was immediately like, I'm really scared. I don't. And we were like driving up some dirt road for like a really long time before we got there. And everybody was super weird. And there's all these different people living on the property. And I was like, this it is like. to be part of the film. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But then when Spider got back and we, you know, we went online and we, and we found. Yeah, there, I mean, there, there's to simply put it, there are, there are lo- location uh, scouting websites and companies so we found this one it's was so perfect and it 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 also gave a a much different vibe i think it made the better better movie and kitty um you know because i think it let it it just made it feel more isolated and and a little more threatening but you're right it it really does when you're on tour and you're rolling down the highway and, and you know in america you can drive for six hours and see nothing because wow. it's so vast and but yeah you'll be driving there's that one little house like with the light on in the like, middle what the of fuck the goes on in there <laughs> <laughs> who fucking lives there yeah. and what's yeah. going on <laughs> i mean it's it's texas chainsaw right that's it oh, yeah. yeah ultimate example of that and um so yeah this was perfect i mean and these were actual real structures that people they didn't live in them now but had been lived in by families and the secondary house was a house that had been in a flood um and they just left the bones of the house standing um and it was yeah it was it did not need a lot of help man it it looked scary just you know just showing up there yeah. so there was no one living in that house at that 
no one living in that spot. That was my very first question to the property owner. I was like, do you guys live here? And they're like, oh, no. Like, oh, <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah, there might be people living there now under the floorboards. It's like That's possible. True. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, man. There's a lot of really good moments in this film, too. But the one that sticks out to me the most is that super high tension scene with, you know, people pointing guns at each other and, like, you have to make these choices. Yeah. Like, how how was it acting that out and also writing it? Because, like, it's so bat shit that I'm, I'm, like, I'm sitting there, like, I can't even watch this right now. So being there and acting and also putting that to paper, like, that's crazy. So whose idea was it to have this, like, super crazy high-tension moment? Yeah, I mean, I'm glad you like that. That's one of my favorite scenes in the movie, too. too. We call it the standoff scene. It was yeah. one of the, actually one of the cut, right? Like, it was. It was. Yeah, that was when we knew we were like, okay, this movie's got something because we were really excited. Yeah, shooting it was definitely, you know, that's when you felt like, oh, man, I think we got something here because yeah. the performances are so strong. You know, I'm so happy with this cast. And and Dylan, who plays David, is is so menacing. Oh, yeah. And, uh, one of my brilliant regards to that is when he br- just brutally tells, you know, the confesses to their whole plan of like, you know, finding these women and bringing them out. And just the look on Scout's face and the tears when he's just, you know, saying, you know, we find desperate women, you know, trying to get out of their boring lives. You know, the type, right, June? And she just lo- she just like starts crying. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, that moment was really special. And, uh, I think on set too, like shooting it, like with the energy of all the actors and everybody having like a different motive and a different job to do in the scene, it it kind of, it, it felt as intense as it looked. And it was, you know, like I felt all the reactions were very natural because like, you know, you, you're really as actors becoming these people and you're like, how would this person handle this? And, and yeah, just, you know, Dylan screaming at me to stop interrupting him. And then also like, imagine like, shooting somebody and you're like you know this girl has never even probably picked up a gun in her life and she just shot somebody you know what I mean and it's like it it was just a really really intensely emotional scene and I think too like one of the biggest things about this film that we didn't expect from the table reads because the table reads were hysterical like we were all <laughs> laughing and all, everybody's like we're having the best time and then we get on set and it's so heavy and every time somebody died in the film, even the bad guys, we would drive home like dead silent, like yeah. oh. so messed up and like by it. And yeah, I, I think it just, it was affecting us so deeply. And I think all the actors felt the same way. So that scene was very authentic. And I felt like I had, I had someone beat the shit out of me when I went home that night. Wow. wow. And the effects was- in this film are actually really good too. And you know, when you see like the characters see, you know, certain people die and like, how crazy it gets and then and you have the, the the bear trap and like all this other stuff that's going on it's like what the hell like hearing that this was done in seven days and it was just basically you two doing all this it feels like such a high budget film you really like nailed it like seriously like, i couldn't even say yeah this was made essentially by two people that's it like you can't do that with most films and, and yeah. going into this one even with like allegoria like the movie is so huge that what you guys have, what you captured in this bottle, don't don't let it out. Don't let it out. <laughs> Keep it with both of you because you you're on to something seriously. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. 
I mean, th- that's a huge compliment because, you know, we, mm-hmm. we are working with, you know, modest budgets and, and not a lot of help. And, and I think that, you know, part of that goes back to just trying to accomplish things that you can accomplish. You know, in other words, we always say, like, don't write, you know, people ask you, like, what, what advice would you give, you know, indie filmmakers? I'm like, well, don't write Star Wars because you yeah. ain't going to make Star Wars, yeah. you know, right? You know, it doesn't cost a lot to have an intense moment between two people in a room. You've got to find great actors like that is not but but that can be more effective than any, you know, car chase or exploding buildings. And, you know, and so I think that's something we always try to keep in mind is, you know, character development. It, it doesn't cost it, it doesn't add to the budget, you know, so. Oh, Oh, wow. Tarantino was a master at that in his early films. Yeah. Yeah, Reservoir yeah, yeah. Dogs is a great example of just a bunch of people in a room, great dialogue, high tension scenes, and just a yeah. bunch of dudes in a suit. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, totally. yeah, yeah. I think he 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 taught a lot of people that for sure. Oh, I mean, oh. Someone... Yeah. <laughs> no worries. Oh, okay. oh, she needs to put on a princess. Continue, dress. guys. Mm. <laughs> hey. um, so I guess. Um, I can ask you, Chrissy, as as an actor in this film as well, and we can kind of go on both sides of this. Um, so, acting side, what was the hardest scene for you to do? Like, either emotionally or just physically or all around? Like, was there one scene that sticks out to you the most as, like, wow, this was so difficult for me to do? Uh, yeah, I mean, a couple. Well, the... So the night after, like, so the rattlesnake night, which was a bigger deal than we made it seem when we were just explaining it, we basically had to stop shooting that night. And uh, and so that night, uh, the next day, we ended up shooting this shed scene, like, right out of the gate. And everybody was, like, really rattled, especially me and Scout, because the snake was, like, in front of our face. We were, like, Whoa. <laughs> so we were, like, sitting down and we're just, like, I just, it was really hard to get back in after that. We're just like scared. And we did eventually. So that, but like uh, emotionally and physically, it probably either that end scene with um, Dylan and Scout um, where, you know, the, everything comes to a head. No pun intended. That scene probably, or or the scene with Puppy in the abandoned house. That was a pretty intense scene after a really long day, and um, and it was funny because in the script, like me screaming at Chaz and interrupting him and stuff wasn't there, and and he wasn't prepared for it. So when I'm you know holding a gun to him and scre- and he's like going through his moment, it was like we were both just like shaking, and he was almost crying, and it was it was just like a really and and then that was also the night of the worst windstorms in the universe. Everybody's blind. Oh, and man. it was, yeah. So that, that was a pretty heavy, difficult scene to get through. But I think, yeah, that big ending, because it was one of the longest days and physically I had to do so many things, but then emotionally there's like so many different places I had to go. I was pretty exhausted after that. I think I actually, I wanted a glass of wine at the end of shooting every night, but I couldn't because <laughs> morning and that's just weird so i that that morning i actually had a glass of wine i was like i don't care that it's 9 30 a.m i'm doing <laughs> just it. do it just take, the edge off. take the edge right off yeah. Yeah. Chrissy, Chrissy, this is a, another question for you so the, the heart of the story i guess is kind of the two sisters mm-hmm. um so how much of yourself is actually kind of written into the character of sadie when you guys were writing did you write how much of yourself is kind of in that character a lot 
a lot. Like um, I have two little sisters and right. a lot of the scenarios are very close to our relationship and I'm the oldest. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was funny initially when we wrote this character because it was so close, to, like I'm not quite as insane as Sadie where like the mm -hmm. neurotic, yeah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not <laughs> obsessed with, you know, materialistic things and all this, but, uh, oh. but I think for her, for that way, it was more, uh, I almost didn't want to play Sadie because I'm like, is this too close to myself? And is this, you know, maybe be more interesting if I play June. Um, but I'm glad we did it this way because I think every character ended up being an amplified version of themselves. And yeah. so this was like a super, super close story to both of us. And Spider knows my sisters as well and knows our relationship. So that that was the core of this entire story and, and this story we wanted to tell. That was one of the most important things is to really get across, you know, the friction that can happen between siblings, but also like the deeper love. And at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. Yeah. Sorry, my camera shut off, but I'm still here. <laughs> I was going to say, we lost Dustin. No, no, I'm here. <laughs> turned I'm into here. A, are we boring you? you no, are... <laughs> no. My camera's been giving me a lot of problems lately. He's so just... a lot of go you got a lot of ghoulies going on with that camera, dude. I, I think it's a new camera as well. Uh, um, yeah, it's a new one. I, I'm going to have to <laughs> bring it in for a, for a uh, exchange how, how or does... something. But go ahead, Dean. How, how does the writing process work between you guys? Do you kind of sit in a room together um, and, and kind of fresh stuff out? Or do you write separately, kind of like Lennon, Lennon and McCartney, and then it sort of get together and, and you know, read each other your notes? So, like, they, you know, they used to go away, write a song, and Paul would come in and go, what do you think of this, John? <laughs> Is it a similar kind of thing? Or did you just sit in a room together and just kind of come up with ideas? And I think a little of both. I think some of it was uh, initially – sort of just talking through a story mm -hmm. and some of the potential places it could go. Mm. And then it was, then it kind of became, you know, she'd go off and write some pages. Oh, let me hear, let me read what you wrote. And then I'd be like, Oh, what if we did this and add this line and take away. And it was kind of a back and forth. And, and, and sometimes there'd be some debates on what should happen. And, mm. you know, oh, I love that line. Oh, I hate that line. And, you know, mm. back and mm. forth until we finally came up with the version that we felt like was, you know, a true collaboration. Mm -hmm. um, and this one was, you know, particularly interesting and, and helpful because there was sort of this, you know, battle of the sexes, you know, through mm -hmm. line. Yeah. Very helpful to, you know, have a female voice to steer the ship in the, in that regard. And then also on the, with the guys to try, you know, I was having a lot of fun digging into that. Yeah, and giving those guys a little more depth and you know um, some of the pseudo religious thing that 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 David would have in his in his character and yeah. somewhat cult leader mentality and so yeah you know, I think we just had it gave us both an opportunity to to latch onto certain characters and really dive into them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, Spider, did you kind of embody the male characters and contribute to more of that side of the dialogue? And Chrissy, yeah. the same with the yeah. female I mean, characters. Yeah, it wasn't like a hundred percent thing where we each Get took it that, but it, I think for sure because I feel like it, it's a lot of a matter of trust too. Like, well, listen, I trust that this is how you know uh, these girls would would act, and I, yeah, naturally would gravitate to the male characters and in mm -hmm. that, and it, it was cool because then it kind of created this tension in the script too um mm -hmm. and it was fun you know we were talking about this in a, in, a, in a previous interview about how one thing that i'm really proud of with these female characters is how flawed they are because a lot of times in in movies and tv 
I think there's a real danger in there. And I don't think that people, you know, I think in a, in a sort of politically correct way, you know, people would frown upon showing warts and all with female characters, you know, because yeah. we're, we're rooting for them against these, these really dangerous characters. But I think it's very realistic to show how messy friendships and, and family dynamics can be instead of them just being like girl power, let's all get together. And, you know, I like the fact that amongst others, they're fighting and they're bickering and they're jealous of each other. And I, you know, I think it's a really realistic take mm -hmm. on oh, yeah. relationships, you know? Oh yeah. Um, and um, I want to go back to the, the question that I was asking Chrissy. I want to ask it for you now, Spider. Um, was there a scene that was difficult to shoot, whether it be, um, you know, weather conditions or just um, the vibe was off or anything like that? Was there like one moment that like stuck out to you the most? Is like, wow, this scene is is pretty hard to shoot. I mean, they, anything involving effects can can be nerve wracking and want to make you jump out a window just because it's. Like <laughs> um, and there was one night. I mean, I do have remember this the night number six, like, and we were shooting, there's a scene that happens in a, in, in a pickup truck where somebody dies oh, and yeah. it just like the actors were doing great, but it, we were having a hard time figuring out how, how to do an effect. And it was just, it was at that moment. I just, I almost just threw in the white towel, just like, I fucking give up. Like, so, <laughs> like somebody had to take over. I've had yeah. it. Um, but you know, we nailed it. We got it. Um, I think there were just um, there were just a lot of sleep deprived challenges in this. So there was a lot of those moments. But when I look back now, I only think of it as fun. You know, it just seemed yeah. Yeah. so fun. And um, but the, you know, I didn't have the the great the best thing you can ever happen as a director is not having any issues with any of the actors. And like everybody in this movie was saw like just knocking it out of the park and so down for whatever and. It just made made my job creatively pretty easy. Yeah, the, the physical stuff in the you know that the scheduling was not easy, but working with these group of people was just like a breeze. Yeah. It was yeah. great to see Scout back in as well. She's great, man. I love Scout Taylor Colton. I've oh, met her once yeah. before, and she's really cool. She's awesome. She is a you know talk about down for whatever. Scout's down for whatever, and she's just like a team player, man. She would just yeah jump in and like. Setting up makeup tents and oh yeah, she, she she's like whatever because I think she's also, you know, she has her own plans to direct and produce and her own you oh, know, awesome. and I think she really is into the whole process of it. And she's been on set since she was a little kid, so mm -hmm. she yeah. understands mechanics of, you know, a lot of actors don't. You know, if you if you're yeah, yeah. just an actor mm -hmm. and you sit in your trailer until it's time mm -hmm. to do your scene, you might not have an overview of how things actually work and. She definitely does. Yeah, I have you to know, say too, like it was really interesting the way the schedule was. Like the first three days were just women, like none of the men came in. So we had this really natural dynamic that we had built, like almost like the movie where we're by ourselves. It's yeah. the girls' girls' time, and you know, ridiculous that we're in the car and every, you know, Rachel and and Lindsay are have comedic backgrounds, are doing skits, and you know, you're comfortable <laughs> among women. And then when the men all came in, I think one of the first things we shot was the big the ear scene, the conversation. And the, oh, it was yeah. so cool how like naturally the dynamic changed in yeah. a good way when we weren't shooting because 
everybody liked each other so much. We all were like such good friends and we're having so much fun, but also like the on-screen dynamics and it just, you could feel the shift because we actually were going through a shift in the, in the shooting schedule. So that was neat for me. And you can, you can tell as soon as, because I I mean, I live on a farm in the middle of nowhere (laughs) and I was watching this movie and I had it turned out real loud. And that part with a knock at the door, I was like, Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Turn all the lights on, you know. <laughs> I was like, uh. yeah, that's, uh, that's definitely one of my favorite moments. That slow. Yeah. Drop. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, 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 that really got me. That Anything like that. Any oh, like that. Who the fuck is at the door, man? Um, but yeah, as soon as the guys come in, it, you can set the whole the whole shift in mood. All of a sudden, oh just yeah, like, the presence is really completely changed. Um, I knew I kind of knew that Scout was working with you on this movie as well because we um, we <laughs> this is a totally random story, but I took my we was at a comic con in London and my son's a big Star Wars fan and he wanted to meet one of the guys that played Darth Vader and it turned oh. out to be Scout's boyfriend. Yeah, <laughs> and we, yeah. we somehow got talking about it and and then I was like, oh right, Scout Telecompton, yeah, I know she is, yeah. And he was like, yeah, she's working with Spider Man in another movie, and I was like, oh, I've seen Allegory, and we just kind of had this conversation. So yeah, oh. so I knew that you guys were doing. Uh, <laughs> he he was a really nice guy, very handsome man. He was right, yeah, he's yeah. awesome. Um, but yeah, no, it's really well cast. The whole film's really well cast. All of you guys absolutely knocked it out of the park. Oh, it was yeah. great, one hundred percent. Uh, Dean, do you have uh, any other last questions before I throw the final <laughs> Hundreds, one? man. Hundreds and no, I'm joking. <laughs> I mean, I do, but you guys have probably been answering, you know, talking about this film over and over and over again. So um, what parts of the filmmaking process do you enjoy the most and what do you enjoy the least? That's a good one. Oh, that's easy for me. I mean, the, we, we, I think we agree. We as, a, as producers, I think we hate the producing side the most. <laughs> and producing is the non-creative producing stuff, which she doesn't. So I can't even complain. But just the, just the like the logistics of everything, right? Mm-hmm. The paper, the dealing with yeah. the union, yeah. whatever it is. Admin. That yeah. stuff's the one. Like it just. And uh, I mean, everything else I love, and I mean, just it's really like, you know, there's this anxiety for me the night before the shoot and you're just like you've done everything you can to prepare you feel ready you've got a great story you've got a great cast and you're lying in bed and you're going i am gonna fuck this up so bad tomorrow Uh you know but then the best moment is you frame up that first shot you look at the monitor and you go it looks like a movie Oh yeah, let's go. You know, and you suddenly all your confidence comes back, and and then working with the actors, and then from that point on, it's just all all fun. Was there a lot of improvisation on set, or did you have the script like locked before you went in? Pretty locked. I mean, we we allow you know actors to if you got something you want to try. I mean, Lindsay, who played Carmen, like Chrissy said, is from a improv comedy background. That's like her thing. So when you have an actor like that, you certainly want to let oh, yeah. them throw in some lines and she in fact a lot of the more comedic lines are just her just going going off yeah sometimes she she had a couple moments like the eat my pussy liz line (laughs) that was that's one of my favorites and i i think uh creatively too uh with making the film like one of one of the other best parts other than actually physically getting to shoot is just when you actually start editing and you start going through all the footage oh yeah you're like, yeah, yeah, oh my yeah. god, I didn't even know. And especially for me, when I'm acting in it, I'm not looking at a monitor. I'm, yeah. Well, like it looks so different than it felt, or you know. And so 
that was, that's so exciting. Um, when I'm directing, it feels a little different, but yeah, that was the, one of the funnest parts. Cause obviously I was there for everything and I, but it, yeah, it's just like almost like everything's brand new. Yeah. I mean, that's a great feeling. Cause it, I mean, editing though can be daunting. Like when you first start a whole feature. Yeah. You're oh, just yeah. like, yeah, you know, you got a lot to go through. This is not going to work. This is terrible. We just wasted all this time and money. And then slowly something starts to come together and the scene works and you're like oh shit this might work you know and you get really excited again you know it's like it's definitely a roller coaster ride i mean it's it's like making an album but times a thousand you know yeah. making an album the same way you're like you write a song you just think you you're on track to make the next sergeant pepper and then you write the next song and you're like we're the worst band in the world it's the <laughs> you know and then you write another and it's just this it's a ride of highs and lows, you know, yeah. but you have to keep reminding yourself that like, no, we've got something special here. Let's just keep, yeah. keep plowing yeah. ahead and we'll get this. Yeah. Finish. I think like Allegoria was simpler because we shot it in segments. So it was like, oh, cool. Like I had all this time to edit it and then we, we got to live with it. So then when we went into the next segment, we're like, we knew what it looked like and we yeah. knew where it needed to go. And then this one. Yeah, I initially started editing chronologically. I'm just going to start from the beginning. And then, you know, I started getting burned out quickly. And I was like, I think we need to do a couple of those key scenes, which was the standoff and a couple others. And as soon as we did, we're like, oh, no, this is this is this is a movie. We got this. And we put music in really early and a lot of the the real sound. And once once you get into that, then you're like, okay, I'm I'm really excited. Now we just got to finish this thing and sit in this room for the next month and a half straight. (laughs) You guys must have sat back at the end of this and watched it and thought we have fucking nailed it. Oh, (laughs) yeah. You know, it depends. You see it so much that you kind of you definitely lose a perspective. That's why film festivals are really good, because you get to watch it in an environment in the audience Mm -hmm. so you get a whole new feeling for it whereas at home you know just editing and you're watching over and over and it it loses you know you lose something because you know it so well so yeah it's really see it in a different place our three-year-old knows like every scene and can quote it we're watching (laughs) and she's sitting beside me like saying the lines along with the actors and and when she was two, she knew my whole monologue from Allegoria. It was oh, like, wow. oh, my God, is this healthy? I don't know. But yeah. <laughs> that's how much we all <laughs> Oh, yeah. The, the edit, editing is such a laborious task as well because you have to get the continuity between every shot. So especially if you're filming on a windy set and the, the hair's blowing that way and you cut to a scene and the hair's blowing that way, you're like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> we've got to get, we've got to link that up. But only, only real, real film nerds pick that sort of stuff up. <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> um so yeah dustin over to you man okay (laughs) i've I've literally only got a couple do you don't want to keep you guys for much longer so i know you're super busy um so uh i guess we can we can sort of uh end off on this one if you're okay with that one dean is um the ending scene it it really does hit really really hard in the way that it's shot and you know just how the camera is and, and you see everybody it's it's so beautiful but haunting and how it ends are we going to expect a follow-up? Oh, man. We've been talking about it. We, we, uh, I feel like we left it the way we left it because we wanted that to be the case. And, and it's funny, as much as neither one of us want to necessarily dive right back into another Bury the Bride this minute, it's like, you know, we got to start talking about it because 
you know, it takes a minute to develop, but I, I, yeah, we have some really good ideas, I think. And we, you know, Chaz has been calling us daily being like, Hey, what about this? And we're like, <laughs> not here yet. We're doing the movie first. Calm down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, it definitely is an open-ended thing, but, uh, but thank you for commenting on the ending because yes, that ending you. is, you know, if there's a part of the movie that I feel like is most me because I love, you know, look, I'm a child of Kubrick. I love shit oh, that yeah. just slow burn and just take your time. And, and so, you know, and it's a definitely like the whole idea of that ending sequence was, I, again, I wanted the tone to shift yep. and be, feel like you're suddenly in a different movie at the end. And I, and I think we get, got it instead of like, you know, I think the, the obvious route would have been sort of more like, the climactic action ending and we end there, but it, we sort of do that 20 minutes before that, you know, or yep. 15 minutes. And then we have a whole different feeling to take us out of the movie that I think is, yeah, more emotional, uh, emotionally satisfying for me anyway. So, um, yeah, I'm, 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 it seems to be people have, a lot of people have mentioned the ending and they really like it because I think it was kind of a big swing that mm -hmm. people could have been like, Oh man, like, yeah. So, um, I'm, I was really happy with that ending sequence, you know, it gets really quiet and after the action of, you know, the, the middle of the movie. Um, but yeah, sequel, uh, you know, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I mean, yeah. it, I mean, a lot of it, you know, if there's, if there's a demand for it and people really seem to, you know, I mean, this is a new thing. People seem to really like this movie. I'm used to people awesome. talking shit. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I would love to do a sequel. And yeah, I think that ending and certainly, you know, the big payoff moment at the very end, it made it feel so creepy and so like, oh yeah, you're uncomfortably emotional in a different way than. And I felt like the film was it really the action starts. It doesn't stop for so long that you're like being punched in the stomach over and over again. That yep. it was such a like breath but then also just like you're like no this this doesn't feel good something doesn't feel good and i you feel like you never get to like relax you well know, it's, a, it's, good. it's a cool open-ended thing because it's an, it's like i i love movies that sort of end in a sort of an ambiguous way where you leave the theater or you shut your tv off and you go like i wonder what i wonder what they're gonna do you know oh yeah me too it's not like an it's not like a sequel ending where you know your typical sequel ending where the hand comes out of the water or yeah. whatever like oh, another monster. Yeah. it's not that kind of a thing it's, it's just really like leaves you with a lot of questions like yeah. what how did you know how do these people move on now what what could they possibly do what you know, like what happens 30 seconds after this movie ends, you know, there's mm -hmm. a million options yeah, and we don't really give you a clue as to as any of it. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, it's exciting to sort of think of where it could go. For sure. Yeah. And I, I do like to, and with it, hopefully this doesn't spoil too much, but like, just, I, I, I was worried people were going to be like, why doesn't Sadie leave? Like why? And, and yeah. no one's ever asked that. Like it's made complete sense to people who've watched the film and and that was cool because I expected people to be like, well, why not? You know, and it was like, well, no, because there's there's a bigger thing going on here. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, and for so sure. I thought that was really cool that people really understood that and they weren't like, that was stupid. You know? yeah. no, the film is great and it, it's so well paced too, like going through so many things and leading up to the ending or even like the middle scenes where, you know, you think it's going to slow down and it doesn't. And then you, you're really on this roller coaster. So I love this film. I love it so much. Um, I appreciate it. 
And, you know, with it being at Salem Horror Fest, too, and having all those people see it and whatnot, it's it's great to see, you know, um, independent filmmakers like yourselves, you know, have a, a chance to show a film like this to an audience and, and you know, get, get testings out there and seeing, it. oh, if people like it, they they like it. And everybody that I have talked to that has seen this film loved the hell out of it. And I love that for both of you. Like, this is such a awesome film it's so refreshing because of the twist and you know like how you work around it and create this new lore that you know you think you've seen it before but then you're like wait a second this is completely different i, I haven't seen this in a film before they're reworking this in a way that i don't think i've ever seen in a film which you know dean and i talked about in, in our review um is brilliant and i cannot wait to see what you both have next because i i am really hungry for more already yeah, really? and I mean, I don't even know if we mentioned it, but it, the, I mean, people can watch it right now on Tubi, which is yeah. a streaming platform. I mean, at least in America and Canada. Yeah. Sorry, Dean. But no, <laughs> this is what I was going to say, guys. We need to get your films over here in the UK, man. Yeah, we're, we're, we're working on it. We had some emails about it today, so yeah. hang tight. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so Tubi is, if people don't know what Tubi is, it's this great streaming platform. They have a massive horror catalog. Yeah. And so it's available right now for free. You don't have to pay a monthly subscription. It's just a free streaming service. And so you got to sit through like a couple commercial blocks. But other than that, it's, it's, it's worth it today. So go it's watch it. it. It really is. And um, thank you, I'm a Spider and Chrissy, for taking yeah. the time out of you today. Out of all these other interviews that you're doing, sorry my camera decided to kill itself. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's actually, you know, watching Bury the Bride right now. For some reason, it's in the other room. So, you know, it, it had to go do its own thing. Um, but um, this was a huge pinch me moment. I'm a huge Power Man, you know, fan. And you, I've listened to your music since I was a kid. Having you on here, watching your films, and Christy now getting into your music and seeing how you are a creative outside of the music scene for both of you. This is a huge moment. And, like, for this to happen is like a dream come true. And I know it's the same thing with Dean, too. We can lightly talk about this if you want. I know we're at the one-hour mark, and I, I want to let you both go. But Spider, Dean, I know you both are doing a collab right now. So, I mean, if you both want to go ahead and talk about that, you you have the floor. You want to pitch it or you want me to pitch it? You, you're the you professor, man. You go for it. <laughs> well, see, I got this message from this crazy guy, and he's talked about making hot sauces, and I'm like, Hell yeah, I love hot sauce. <laughs> so um, we talked about the yeah, Allegoria and Power Man and hopefully now Bury the Bride. I mean, mm -hmm. bury the bourbon. We could bury the hot sauce, bury the bride if we want to do that next. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Great so, idea. Yeah, we're, uh, we're working on a line of different hot sauces that are represented of some of these projects. And I'm super excited. And we're trying to get it over to the States, right? And soon. Very but, soon. Uh, very, actually, very soon. extremely soon. Just like you guys are working on getting the movies over here. We're working on yeah. getting the sources over there, uh, like ASAP. So, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know if I pitched that well, but that's sort of what we're doing, right? <laughs> yeah. Perfect, man. So, absolutely perfect. perfect. What's this space for the hot sauce? Is hot sauces. Yes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, seriously, thank you both for taking the time out of your day. Dean, thank yeah, you for thank being you here much. out of your busy-ass schedule, because you are so fucking busy that I... For you to even be here to do these interviews when you have time or do reviews, like I appreciate it a lot, and thank you for everybody being a part of this today. This is a huge moment for us. Awesome, thanks. Thank it was you. A blast. It was so much fun. Thank you, guys. <laughs>
Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. thanks guys. It was lovely to meet you both as well and chat about the movie. It's absolutely yeah. Um, well, if we yeah, we'll do round two. Maybe we'll have uh, you know when it comes out on uh, Blu-ray, we'll do round two. Oh Perfect. yeah, you you're more than welcome to be on this show at any time. Just send me a message, uh, Chris. You have my email now. Yeah. So whenever yeah. you want to do anything, it doesn't even have to be films. It could be music related, anything like that. Um, I'm in. Sounds yeah. great. Yeah. I'm over in LA. I've got to go. I'm over in LA in uh, September. I've got to go to the Mystic Museum and just do oh, some, that's our neighborhood. Let us know. I was there. So I'll let you know. Yeah, I actually we... got this there. See, it goes oh there. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kiko runs the place. Kiko. Yeah, let us know. We're uh, we're around. Yeah, because I'm on tour July, August, but September we should be here. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah cool. We'll get oh, some yeah. coffee. Oh, that yeah. sounds great. That'd be that'd be fantastic. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Awesome. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you. I'll let everybody off the hook now. And um, thank you all so much for being here. And we'll catch everybody on the next time. Take care, guys. Bye.